Welcome to the second episode of the Face to Face podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Jerry. I'm Teddy. And for our second episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. Chen. Mr. Chen, can you introduce a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, thank you guys for having me. I'm Mr. Chen. Um, I am a teacher at John Burroughs School, uh, a basketball player, a poet, um, dog and cat lover, lots of other things I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but yeah, that's me. And so you teach English, um, yeah. 7th grade and 10th grade? Yeah, right? so I teach 7th grade, 10th grade. I have uh, an Asian American lit class for seniors. And then I also teach the 10th grade diversity seminar. So I'll have hmm. all you guys, even if you're not my English class next year. As a teacher, what have been some unique moments in class that you remember? <sighs> there's a, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, uh, I feel like the great thing about being a teacher is every day you get something a little bit different. Um, let's see, a few. So the seniors that graduated two years ago, one day... They wrote a rap about Things Fall Apart, this book, for their final project. They performed it. They wrote a beat and everything. Um, so that was, that was, uh, that was amazing. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, I'm try I, I really would like to think of one that uh, Teddy and I were a part of. <laughs> we're trying to think. What, what's some especially unique stuff? That was, that, was a, that was a tricky year because we were, we were hybrid. Yeah. But I, I, like, I thought something that was cool was like, I like I liked our in class discussions about the books we read, like mm -hmm. especially Animal Farm. Oh yeah, I thought it was super. Yeah, that was a good. Yeah, book. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. It was interesting. And like also like we book. came to class every day, and then we had like the like we wrote something. Yeah. In the morning. The right away. Yeah. The my, right away. My favorite plan. Yeah. yeah. I know Ian still has like all of his. Okay. All right. Google I see you, Ian. Um, well, actually, now that you mentioned that, I feel like one day that I remember with you all is I don't know if you remember. There, there's a story that we read called Somewhere That's Green. It's about a trans character. Yeah. And I feel like so I've taught that for years, and I feel like you guys had the, like the best discussion of like any class that I've ever had that about that. And I, and I, I still think about that every time I teach it. So yeah, it was a great English class. Yeah. Thank you. So I think you have some, you know, an, an interesting upbringing as. As, uh, as some would say, uh, to how you got your job at Burroughs. So oh, can you yeah. talk about your experiences <laughs> yeah. before you came to Burroughs? Yeah, Burrows? yeah. So you want me to tell that story or just like kind of beforehand leading up to it? Whatever um, you feel Just like, like yeah, okay, your past sure. experiences. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 t we'll, we'll start from the beginning. So I first moved to St. Louis to go to grad school at Wash U. So I have an MFA in poetry. And then after that, I was, I was still living here. I was still writing and I was working at a bar. Um, and I was just kind of, I was sort of working in restaurants and doing this and that for a little while. I was teaching a wash a little bit at Wash U, and I had taught a little bit like in after school programs before that. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't I, I like had a thought that I would eventually get into teaching again, but I wasn't really thinking about it at the time. But one night at this bar that I worked at, um, y'all probably don't know her, but Ms. Gershman was like the head of counseling at the time, and so she came in we had a really good conversation because it was a slow night and the funny thing is i wasn't even supposed to be working that night like i was covering because my friend got sick at the last second so i went in and then she and i had a great conversation she told me about burroughs which i had never even heard of before frankly like i went to public schools growing up and there weren't that many private schools where i was from so even the whole world of private schools was like totally totally new to me and i, I don't think i would have really known about it in, in, until she told me and then like Three months later, like I just met her this one time, and then three months later, she calls the owner of, of the restaurant and was like, hey, you know that guy, uh, I think it was Andy Chen, like, can you put us in touch? And so she reached out to me and she was like, hey, they're hiring an English teacher, um, you might try applying for it. Um, and so I did, um, and that's how I got here. It was, it was, yeah, luck. It just, it just, it's mm. worked out. Sometimes the universe works yeah. like that sometimes. Well, I'm glad yeah. you called because you're a great English teacher. <laughs> well, thank so. you. I'm, hey, I'm glad too. I'm glad too. It worked out for everybody, I think. Um, so 
I guess transitioning into like a different theme yeah. um, of part of your life. So we know that you love playing basketball. I do. I um, do. So we're wondering, like, did you play like a lot when you were younger, or like, do you yeah, play a lot now? So I would say, um, honestly, like pretty much as early as, as I can remember, um, I kind of always played basketball. I think part of that is like. I think like a lot of kids, like I started out trying a little bit in every sport, but like right away, basketball was my favorite one. It was always my favorite one to watch. My friends played it, which is always helpful. Um, so I played throughout middle school and high school. I played AAU and did all that. Um, I didn't play in college. I think I was, I think I could have played D3. Like I, like I played, I played pickup with the, with some of the basketball players at the school that I went to. Um, and I think I could have been on the team, but who knows? Who knows? That, that's not important. That's not important. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my choices. Um, and so now, yeah, I still, I've basically just been playing throughout my whole life. Um, mm. Now I play in, well, maybe not right this second. I'll tell that story in a sec. But um, for the past few years, I've played in uh, like a league in the winter at WashU, a league in the summer at Maryland Heights. And then I play in a couple pickup games that are once or like uh, once every week or once every two weeks. That All that is a little bit on hold now because I tore my ACL. In, oh, cool. Yeah, I tore my ACL in a league game um, in at the very, very end of July. Um, so at this point, um, so I had surgery and recovery is actually going really well. I feel really grateful. I have, I have great physical therapists. I've been kind of like checking off the boxes and like getting cleared for stuff like ahead of schedule every step of the way. So I'm, I'm, I'm cleared for stuff on the court now. I'm actually going to do that after, after we, after we wrap here. Um, mm. And then I hopefully will be cleared for contact like in April or May. So I'll be hopefully back, back at that point. But uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, I'm trusting the process there. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so like I said, it's, it's always been like a really big part of my life and I'm grateful that it still mm. is. Did yeah, you that's... idolize any players when you were growing up? So I grew up uh, in South Jersey, right outside of Philly. So I'm a, I was always a Sixers fan, and I'm, I still am to this day a big Sixers fan. And so for me, uh, Allen Iverson was like always, always the guy. Um, I mean, not only was he a little guy like me, um, like a little guy who like you know could shoot well, could do everything well, had a lot of heart. Um, but I, I really admire the way that he really changed the game. Like he, I feel like at the time, like the league required all players to wear like suits and ties and stuff. And you think about now, like players are so expressive of their personalities and Allen Iverson, I feel like really started that. Like he brought the culture of hip hop to basketball. He had like the tattoos and the arm sleeve and he just had, was so, so swaggy, even though I feel like at the time people didn't, people didn't want players to be like that. People didn't want them to express their personalities. And he like really did that. And I just, I just admired that so much. Um, yeah, I know, even though my dad, he doesn't really follow basketball, but okay. I know he yeah. also likes Allen Iverson a lot yeah. too. And, uh, maybe because, uh, he, he went to university, uh, in Philadelphia, uh, well, he went to UPenn. Okay. So, okay. um, he probably also like watched, I don't know, I don't know, on TV or live. Yeah. Or, I mean, the Sixers were huge around Philly at that time. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. just by being nearby if he got swept up in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is Joel Embiid your favorite player? Because I see a poster on your front door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would say he's definitely my favorite player right now. Mm -hmm. um, Alan Iverson is my favorite player of all time, I would say. But yeah, I really love Embiid. He's also someone who maybe this is a maybe this is a pattern, but I feel like he. Uh, <laughs> I see some draft strategies being yeah. shifted over there. Um, he's someone who also really expresses himself a lot. Like he really is himself on the court. Like he. You know, he's kind of a troll. Like, he tries to get in people's heads. Yeah, I, I, yeah definitely on Twitter, for yeah. sure. But in the game, too. And I feel like he's someone who he doesn't he doesn't mind. Like, I feel like he doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, plus, I mean, he's so dominant. He does, he does everything well, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. I think now that we've talked a little bit about basketball, I think yeah. it's a good transition into, like, our 
our next segment. So it's it's going to be a draft segment. Okay. And right. so I That's guess good. I can explain um, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. the basic That's rules. Go. So for those of you that don't know, a draft is basically when um, each person participating uh, picks. We'll go. <clears throat> let's go starting five. All time starting five. Okay. Um, and our category today is basketball players. So all time. And so each player is going to pick five picks and we're going to go uh, take turns um, one by one. And in the end, whoever has the strongest team in this case is going to be the winner. Um, although me and Teddy probably don't know like positions. Or, uh, so, so we'll probably, probably just take, take like, I'm probably going to yeah. take the win here, but all right, whatever you say, bro. So okay. We go, so we're going positionless, or are we going to try to like approximately get a team that works? Let's uh, let's try to approximately. Okay. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, who wants so first I pick? think Mr. Shen should go first. I agree. Okay. I agree. And so we're, we're going all t- like all, all time, time. All, time. Yeah, all time, all time, all right. So I'm just going to say right off the bat, I'm going to try to balance. Like, I'm going to try to win this draft in two ways. I'm going to try to get the best team, but I'm also going to try to get players I like. So I'm not going to go like straight up like okay. what I think would literally mm. be the best team. I'm going to try to balance both. All right, I'm going to take Allen Iverson first overall. Even though I don't, okay. I don't know, I know yeah. he's not the greatest player of all time, but I'm going to build a team around him, and it's still going to be the best team. So I, I got to take my favorite number one. Shoot. All right, so should I go next? Yeah, you can go. Right. We'll just go in this so order. My first round pick, I'm going to pick uh, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Uh, that's going to be MJ, Michael Jordan. Obvious pick. Yeah, I was thinking about those. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. legendary I player. Not, that's not, a solid pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, solid. He's the greatest of all time. I mean, time. <laughs> it's it's mid. You know, it's mid. It's mid pick. Uh, <laughs> that's pick, crazy. <laughs> yeah, my pick is just a little bit better. You know, I got to represent um, China. You know, so I'm gonna go with the big boy standing at seven foot six, six, yeah. Mr. Yao Ming. Okay, I actually like this pick. I yeah, like this pick. he's gonna be the big the big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate this pick. I'm gonna go with like he's a monster on the court, you know. He he really he really he can drop some points. He can move the ball around. Really hyping up his I'm gonna have there. to go with Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Okay. Rest all in right. peace, Mamba. That's a, that's a good pick. All right, I'm surprised he made it all the way down, but I'm gonna get some some passing, some defense, some size. I'm gonna take LeBron. Oh, that was that was oh, gonna yeah. be my next pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean mid pick though, you know, not as good as Yao Ming. So LeBron currently broke. Uh, Someone's record. Ooh, I like this transition. Uh, and so I'm going to go with that player. And that player is uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, good pick. Um, so I'm going to build off of the chemistry that I have on my team with one player. <laughs> and so at the point guard, at the point guard position, I'm going to go with somebody that in a certain few weeks – he goes crazy, okay? So I'm going to pick Jeremy Lin. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes, sir. I should have won my Jeremy Lin jersey today. Yeah. Oh, yes, man. sir. He's going uh, all Asian players. I mean, I, it's, it's Lin Sanity, you know? Yeah. So um, I think I'm going to have to go for a taller man, huge hands, maybe some of the biggest hands in the world. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that, buddy. I'm going to have to go with Giannis. Okay. I don't okay. think he has the biggest hands player. in the world. Shoot, bro. All right. First of all, players. I just want to say this, this Jeremy <laughs> no, Lin Yao Ming pick and roll is going to be really scary. So I appreciate that. All right. I'm going to take <laughs> Yao Ming pick and roll. <laughs> all right. I feel like because I got LeBron and he's he's such a brilliant passer. And I feel like AI and LeBron really, really need the ball a lot to, to be successful. So I'm going to add to my team some shooting. Someone who moves great oh, without the no, ball. Okay. You already know. Someone who's sure. great without yeah. the ball. Someone who can take over one of these. I'm going to take Steph Curry third overall. Okay. Very good pick. Good very round. good pick. That's a very good pick. All right, now for my third round pick. Is this third round? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, for my pick, I'm going to go with someone that's huge, that's been dominant on the court for uh, many years. He's strong. <laughs> you know, he's good at everything. Not everything, except, except shooting, except shooting. Uh, <laughs> that player is going to be Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say Ben Simmons. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's a nice pick. Okay. That's a good pick. Um, okay. I'm going to go, uh, I think, you know, I have, I have the Asian chemistry already, so I'm going to kind of pivot away because I, there's like no more players anyway. <laughs> you get that diversity. So, so um, right, you know what, at the three, I think, uh, I'm going to have Kevin Durant. Uh, I mean, he's a yeah, solid him. player. Yeah. I, I, need to make yeah. Um, I mean, it just bounces on my team a little bit, yeah, you know? That's nice. That's nice. So... I'm going to have to take, I feel like I have offensive power. So I feel like to round off the team, I'm going to have to take some defensive power. Mm. And some people may think this pick is not that good. But I think like a year ago, they won defensive player of the year. Some people may think that they didn't deserve that. That's trash. But I'm going to have to take Marcus Smart. Trash pick. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That was trash. That's (laughs) actually trash (laughs) pick. (laughs) You're just a Celtics fan. Even worse than Jeremy Lin, bro. Yeah, I, do, I, do crazy for two weeks. I do appreciate you going defense. Um, Hear that, guys? All right. I think, I mean, I think at this point in the draft, I feel like I need some size. Um, I think that you could definitely say that there are some centers that historically are maybe greater all time than who I'm about to take. But we got to keep in mind, I hope your listeners will keep in mind that in today's NBA, Players are way, way more skilled. So somebody like my next pick, like back then, back in Shaquille O'Neal's day, centers couldn't shoot as well as this guy. Oh, no. They couldn't pass. They couldn't pick. face up. Um, I will also say that I think that this person is uh, the closest thing we have right now to Kobe Bryant. Even though he's big, he's got that amazing footwork, that fadeaway game, in addition to being a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. I'm taking my guy, Joel Embiid. <sighs> Oh, that's Lock a good gonna pick. Anchor the defense. He can do anything on offense. Good pick. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, let's see here. Let me think. All right, I think I got my pick. Um, another Celtics player. Uh, you know, I think I need a leader on my team. Someone who will hype everyone up. Uh, he's also great at shooting. <clears throat> no. Um, you know, <laughs> also very tall. <laughs> Please don't. You know, he's he's a tough. He's tough. You know, mm-hmm. he likes to go at it with everyone. I really appreciate his uh, work ethic and everything he does. So I'm going to go with Kevin Garnett. Ooh, that's an awesome what? pick. Wait, wait. I th- I wait who is that, bro? Yo, that, that's, <laughs> oh, no, that's a great if they, got, if they don't know, Kevin Garnett is amazing. He's yeah. one of the best defenders of all time. He uh, he can shoot. He's a he's a glue guy. He's someone who, like, having him on your team, he, like, brings everybody up. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He's, like, a I very like tough player. I like that pick. Wow. All right, um, so after considering the draft options, right, I've decided to move Kevin Durant to the four at uh, he, power he forward. Three, four or five. You right, and at the three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up. I need some defensive power, and I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard. He looks very handsome always, okay. and his laugh that was is very nice. <laughs> that was very um, unnecessary. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I had some defense. I really thought Mark was going to take Tatum. So because he left it open, I think I'm going to have to take him. So for my fourth pick, it's going to be Jason Tatum. That's trash, bro. 
That's true. I mean, all time though, he's he's been playing bro, for like three years. All time, he has I don't Jason know, like, Tatum and Marcus bro. Smart, bro. <laughs> <laughs> At least they have good chemistry, but Fact not, yeah. like, not like exactly. Jer- exactly. not like Jeremy Lin and Yao Ming. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, it's fine. It's good that you mentioned chemistry because I was thinking about chemistry with my team too. Because I, we got we got some big personalities, right? In uh, in AI and LeBron, and we got we got Steph Curry. He can play with anybody. He's a glue guy. So I, for my last pick, I'm also going to go for someone who adds defense and size, which my team needs. That's going to round on my team. He's but regarded by many as the greatest teammate of all time, he's regarded by also most people as the greatest power forward of all time. So that's where my hole is. I'm gonna take Tim Duncan. Ooh, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah, okay. Take Tim Duncan. Yeah. Big fundamental. Yeah, exactly. All right. So for my fundamental, <laughs> fundamental. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call him. Uh, it's for my fifth round pick. Let's see here. You know, everyone's talking about chemistry, so I'm going to add some chemistry on my team. And uh, what better pair for MJ than the great Scotty Pippen? Oh, that's nice. I was thinking about him, too. I need more side. I was thinking about him, too. That's, you know, you got chemistry. That's good. But I'm going to take the best shooter of all time. Okay. Um, No, no, no. Better than Steph Curry. (laughs) Yo. Okay. (laughs) Statistically proven, he has more points than Steph Curry. Okay. Um, I'm going to take... Russell Westbrook. I mean Russell Westbrook. Okay, I'm gonna take Russell. Um, Russell. <laughs> wonderful shooter. More points than Steph Curry, I think. Definitely, I think so. Yeah, and probably, I mean probably because he's been around a lot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I mean, just really rounds out my team. Um, at the two, I'm gonna put him at the two instead of the one. Because but he's a point guard though. <laughs> well, he can be a little he, he flexible. He can be a little bit flexible. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, buddy. Whatever you say. For my Jeremy Lin at the one, bro. Final pick. I'm gonna take someone who's a little bit scrappier. Who has the dribbling skills, they can shoot well. Uh not too much defensive power, but I'm gonna go with Kyrie Irving. Okay. One of the most okay. skilled players of all time. Alright. Um so now that our draft is over, we're gonna recap the picks and then the people behind the camera will tell us and you can also vote on uh the website that Mark made. So he'll he'll put up like a form or something. Hopefully. Um, so yeah, let's recap. Uh, Mr. Chan, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So my team, uh, running the point, Allen Iverson, running the two, Steph Curry, small forward, LeBron James, he's going to distribute. We got RC already, lots of passing, lots of scoring. At the four, I got Tim Duncan, best power forward of all time, multiple time defensive player of the year winner. I think I might have that wrong, but, and then finally, Joel Embiid, another great defender holding down the middle. Yeah, that's a solid team. All right, so my team consists of uh, Michael Jordan, the GOAT. I mean, that's all there is to say. Uh, Scotty Pippen, uh, Shaq, Kareem, and uh, Kevin Garnett. Mid. <laughs> it's trash, bro. Um, so now for the real team, right? I'm going to... Uh, what I had at point guard, I feel like it's just, just changed the game. I had Jeremy Lin, you know, those weeks and Lin Sanity. Mm-hmm. I just, so it's, it's been so many years, but I just still look back the on teams, them, you know. Yeah. I just I just remember uh, when he went crazy. Um, and then paired with him, um, he also played on the Lakers at some time, Russell Westbrick. Um, he, I mean, greatest shooter of all time at, at the two. And then I needed some defense, so I had Kawhi Leonard at the three. And then Kevin Durant was my power forward, you know, because I needed some real shooting on the team and then uh the big man was yao ming for chemistry with jeremy lin can't lie bro you guys got all these positions <coughs> and chemistry together and i'm i can't lie i'm sweating but 
<laughs> but if I have to recap my picks, I have uh, I have uh, Kobe Bryant, I have uh, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Giannis, and Kyrie Irving. That's a pretty good modern team. Like it's a good maybe team. not all time. Yeah. It's a good team. Yeah, it's super switchy. Yeah. Yeah, Giannis at the five. Yeah. That's... So um, I think we're gonna go back uh, to the questions now okay. after our, yeah. our fun wait wait draft. who won who won uh I think I won who won people behind oh, me me You're saying that marks won me? You're saying that marks won, won. Yeah. another right. dub another dub there we go okay so yeah after that I think we'll go back to the questions and so now um so we know that. You know, you're an English teacher, and we also know that you love creative writing. I do. So yeah, I we just wanted to ask, like, some things about creative writing. And, yeah, sure. Um, you know, we also found on, I think it's called The Offing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like it's a, a great publication that I love. A I publication. Really fortunate to publish there. Yeah, and you published one of your poems called If and Longer. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and we were just wondering, like... Could you explain, like, the meaning and Maybe we should read it that to the audience goes right behind now? this poem. yeah. Should I read it? Does, or you can read it. Do you want to read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Chan can read it. Yes. This poem I wrote a little while ago, but uh, but I appreciate you all unearthing it. It's uh, it, It'll be fun to kind of go back to. Um, all right. If and longer. I wake with Y in my mouth, and this time it stays. Bald below my tongue like a seed I won't plant. Afraid to surrender the dream already slipping away. I press down, make of my mouth a landscape. Its depths barren, its soil a prison. Above, prints wandered fresh into snow, crossing, uncrossing, new cardinal directions, lines on a palm, fate line, lifeline, curve of Apollo, girdle of Venus, all leading to you. Your hair so much longer now, your face famine, your hands slicked with river. You're free. Somewhere there's a horse. Elsewhere, it's apple. Elsewhere, still the field for us to fill. Oh, I don't have to clap, but thank you. Um, so yeah, we were just wondering, like, um, what is, I mean, the meaning, or you know, at least your interpretation yeah, yeah, behind? Yeah, talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, like, maybe I'll share because I think I'm <laughs> someone who believes that, like, if like what what the poet is trying to go for isn't always exactly what every reader is going to get out of it, right? Like depending on you, who you are, your experiences, I, I think that it's great for everybody to get a little something different out of it. So I can share kind of what it means to me and what I was thinking about. Um, so I guess in the beginning, like I was thinking about like that feeling of, you know, when you wake up from a, like when you wake up from a dream and you're like a little bit disoriented, right? You're sort of half asleep, but you're, <clears throat> you're sort of half in that mode. So like I was thinking like that feeling of especially waking up with a question in your mouth, like just waking up with a question on your mind. Um, and so like, I think, cause I think oftentimes like when we, when we wake up in the morning and like the things that we're thinking about, it shows a lot about ourselves, right? If you're like, if you're really thinking about something like that's going to be the first thing you think of when you wake up. Right. So I was thinking about that. And then like, um, you know, there, we sort of head into a little bit of a metaphor there. And um, I wrote this poem when I was in New Jersey um, over a winter break one year. And so I was kind of like, it's where, where I, where I grew up is super rural. And so like, that's where that like snowy scene comes up, like from that, you know, being halfway in a dream, waking up, looking out the window, seeing a bunch of snow. Um, but, uh, you know, like when you're, uh, and, and I suspect that, you know, all, everybody in this room, despite, despite our ages can relate to this, but you know how, like when you're in love with somebody, like 
you think of like you see stuff or and you and you think of stuff and like it's you always kind of connected to that person. Um, mm. So that's kind of how like we end up yeah, disagreeing with him, bro. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows. Um, mm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like how like this kind of dream scene and this like this snowy landscape, like it just made me think about think about somebody I cared about. So that's how it like all leads to this one person in the end and sort of it's like on a I think hopefully like a mixed kind of like hopeful uncertain note but uh you know a lot of times when we're in love it's like it's it's hopeful and it's uncertain at the same time right so my hope is that this poem um kind of kind of captures that in a unique way so that's what I was thinking about I really love like the last few lines oh thank you you. see the person and like also like the scene you set like Mm. you can really like like envision it okay well I appreciate that like uh and also like the what you were saying before like what you wrote and how you like were trying to convey isn't always what the reader feels mm, yeah, and then like totally. like the readers i feel like they also can get something on their own from it and it's like super unique and i feel like it's just a really impactful poem well thank you that's yeah. that's, that's kind of you to say i was wondering um yeah. is it about someone special or anyone <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it's definitely about someone that that someone else someone that i was caring about a lot at the time i, I will say that i think like when i read about po- when i read poems even if i like i know like a lot of poets will say all right this poem is about this specific person in, in every single way and like this is about someone else i think for me like what i think about more is like just the like even the way i put it before it's like it's more about the feeling of being in love with somebody than like that specific person because like in this one it's like you i guess you you see a little bit about what they look like right a tiny tiny bit but i think like for me it's more about the feeling so even though i was thinking about someone at the time like i think it could be my hope is that it can be just like applied to like more than one person i mean that, that makes it sound like i was in love with more than one person at the same time that's not what i mean but like but just that like it's, it's more about the feeling itself than about who it's about yeah. i guess but you know I, that that's it i, I have other poems that because i read about love a lot i think it's i just think it's really you know it's it's mm-hmm. something so universal we all feel it um, in different ways and so um there are other poems that like maybe you could say like are more explicitly about somebody but i feel like this one this one is less so the case yeah um so for this episode, uh, yeah, yeah. obviously we all have some experience in creative writing. And oh, I poems. have another question for him. I have, I have one more okay, question. Go ahead. Just like yeah, before yeah. we share ours, yeah. you know. So, um, you just so, ruined it. But okay, yeah, c- yeah. continue. Okay, so um, I was just wondering, like, where do you find inspiration to write these poems or other creative works? Because, like, I know sometimes, like, you see like a certain scene, you know, yeah. and you want to write write something about it. Maybe sometimes it's just like a feeling that you've had for a long time or something yeah. like that. Uh, I was just wondering, like, is there different, you know, is there different things? Yeah. That- yeah. I appreciate that question. Um, I think for me, um, one of the reasons that I love writing poetry so much is poetry really helps me figure out like questions that I feel like don't have answers or I have a really hard time answering. So like love, for instance, or like the uncertainty of like loving somebody and like, that to me, it's like such a big question that's so hard to have a, an answer to, right? And a lot of my other poems, they have to do with um, like being an Asian American, like being an Asian American in our country where, um, you know, it, it's complicated in, in a lot of ways. And I think that's like, it's a hard question for me to think about. And poetry is one of the ways that I try to work through those things. And so I think for me, like, it's maybe not so much inspiration as just like stuff that is on my mind and is persistently on my mind. Like I said before about the dream, right? Like when you wake up in the morning and you think about something, it's because like you can't not think about it, right? And so I think for me, it's like a lot of stuff like that, stuff that like I can't not think about, stuff that I don't have an easy answer to. And I think poetry for me 
is just like my way. I'm not saying it's the only way for everybody, but for me personally, like it's just the best way that I've found to like try to figure out those questions to try to help, if not get answers, like at least get closer to answers and help me understand myself and the world around me a little bit better. Hmm. That's a that's a good way to good, good way to explain your experience. All right. Well, thank um, you. Well, let's see about yours. Maybe yeah, yours is kind of the same thing. We'll see. Um. So. At least me and Mark, we we haven't written much poetry recently. Okay, that's okay. But like in seventh and eighth grade, we had yeah. like some poetry stuff. Okay, and awesome. so these are from like one or two years ago. Okay. But and then Teddy wrote one like this morning. This morning. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. It's fresh. That's the best time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. So I guess we're just gonna read our own poems, and then okay, like you can criticize it. Oh can, no, I'm not out here. You can rate it. I'll be happy to rate it. I don't know. <laughs> you can rate it. One out of ten. Yeah, rate out of ten. Rate out of ten. And then we'll see whose is I'll highest. Think about yeah. that. Who went? Right. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So my poem is called "Crickets at Night." The clock strikes ten past eight. Clueless, pointless sounds fill my wake. In my head, a ditty. The darkness wears down <laughs> beloved sight. Eyes peek out, finding no light. Throughout the country city, I ponder this noise, and in blankness I poise, and I think I may be right. I sit up and stare back at the demons, black eyes. Those were the crickets at night. Yeah, good poem. That's All right, that's like, pretty good. Yeah. That was fire. That was I, fire. I have one question. Yeah. One question. What's a ditty? It's like a song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of this. So even I, I like. I feel like it's got a great rhythm to it. Like I feel like you, I, I feel like everybody everybody felt that right. Like the rhythm yeah. is great. Um, the rhyme helps that a lot. I also really like how. Um, I think. I think. I. I, I as, a, as a reader of poetry, because I read a lot of poetry, um, and I really enjoy it, um, I really like poems that surprise you. And I feel like at the end there, we get like a really big surprise. Um, and I think I think that's great. I feel like the poem like sets us up one way, and then we go a different way that like it fits with everything else, but it's still a surprise. Um, so yeah, that and the rhythm, clueless, pointless sounds, that's, that's got such a nice like, uh, like um, alliteration there. So yeah. I'm impressed by this. I'm impressed by this. Thank yeah, you, Mr. Chad. Yeah, it's a good I poem. Appreciate this. Yeah. Um. So should I should I remind? Yeah. You can. yeah. I okay. Want to, I so want to hear yours. Yeah. this one, um, I don't know. I think I I wrote I wrote it like like uh who's the author? Shell Silverstein. 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 Like on the back of the book, criminal or something. Is that the guy? Yes, yes, that guy. Looks like a criminal. The guy that looks like yeah, like a mugshot. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, but and so it's like it's like rhyming. But Mark Mark liked this one when when he showed it when I showed it to him. Okay, so it's called In the Lines. Um, the lines on the paper straighten them bending. The words I scrawled on are slowly descending until the luscious strokes are freed. No chords that lead, no bars to heed, and maybe just maybe this could be a sign that sometimes you don't have to write in the lines. Ooh. Very creative. Yeah, I like. I feel that like one. it wraps. Up that was my favorite well. one. Yeah, I like it. I do because yeah, Teddy, you said it wraps up well. Um, I think in particular the fact that the title is the last line that I think that that you use that really well because like we hear in yes. the lines. Right, we're, we're, <laughs> he meant to do that. It yeah, was intentional. I'm sure, absolutely. If not, if not outwardly, like some some uh, some deep poet part of him knew that that was the right move. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another another one with with good rhythm. Okay, okay. Yeah. So my poem's called Untouchable. <clears throat> I wrote it this morning. Oh, all right. I'm reacting. For, okay, I don't. I don't have this one in front of me. I reach out my hand only to grasp a handful of air. This thing that I'm chasing is my only desire. Unable to be fulfilled, unable to be seen or heard by anyone else but me. Formless, formless yet perfect. Learning to accept feelings of nothing, 
so I can reach out my hand once more. Mm. That's deep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's a good And what, what is uh, that desire? Uh, it's, I think everyone has something that they want to be able to grasp. That they, Teddy, I can't hear you. That they, oh, sorry, sorry. I feel like anyone, everyone has something that they want to be able to grasp that they, that they don't, you know, that they can't. And something that's like just out of reach. And it feels like that thing will never come or that feeling, whatever. And the line where it's like anyone else but me, I feel like that thing is unique to everyone. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times you, you reach out your hand, you can never grab that thing. And you have to learn to accept those feelings. Uh, and it can sometimes make you feel, you know, like nothing. So, yeah. I like that one. I like the, uh, the way that the like hand reaching out come, happens twice. Cause I feel like, uh, something that I, that I think about a lot. Um, and so I know we're getting really, uh, we're getting, we're getting deep into it here, but something that I, that I think about when writing poems is like how you can repeat something, but it feels really different the second time. Right. So you, you had that the first time, but then we hear like all these meditations on like, a sense of longing and desire. So then by the second, the second time we hear the hand reaching outline, it feels so different and it like pops in such a different way. So I appreciate that. Appreciate that. That, that idea also of like a, of ha- of like reaching for like some nameless, like uh, unattainable desire is also feels like it's similar to like what I was going for in this poem, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. you know, you're, you're reaching for something like you're uncertain about it, even though you're hoping. So yeah. I, I appreciate that, that similarity in our, in our, uh, in our work. Is the reason why it's called untouchable is because the desire that, that you can't get is is untouchable? Is it? Uh, yeah. Or it's not I achievable? Feel like, I feel like it's like, 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 especially in like the first few lines, it's like you're never going to get that thing because of maybe the reason you're chasing it or something like that. You're just doing the same thing over and over. And at the, I feel like at the end, it's like you you sit with yourself and you learn to accept those feelings and then like mm. you reach out again. Maybe it's for something else. Maybe it's the same thing, but like you, it's, it's a different motivation or something like that. You know, it's different. Thank you all for sharing this with me. Thank this, you. This is such a, such a, such a, a great, a great treat to get to hear your work. Uh, for our like final set of questions, we know like within the Burroughs community, yeah. you're super engaged in diversity yeah. and like, mm-hmm. Uh, inclusion and everything about that. Uh, so why do you think diversity is such an important thing in the Burroughs community? Yeah, so um, I'll answer that a little bit by by just sharing that, like, I feel like for me, I'm someone who, so I, I went to a school that was a lot less diverse than Burroughs. Um, and that's just because of where I grew up, like, there, we didn't have that many students of color. I was one of, like, the very, very few. And I think, like, because of that, it was... It just was, it was like, I mean, I I, had, I really loved high school in a lot of ways, but in, in a lot of other ways, like it wasn't that easy for me, right? Yeah. And I think like if I felt, um, and that's not even about who, the people that were around me, right? Like, like, I think that like, it's just because a school isn't diverse doesn't mean it can't be welcoming, right? But I feel like I just never really felt welcomed or included in the way that I would have loved to be. So yeah, being one of the only students of color, I feel like... It's funny because I don't think I really realized fully <clears throat> until after I left. Because I feel like after I left and I went to college, I was around a lot more diversity and I felt so much more at home. So I feel like maybe part of it was like when I was in high school, you know, even though like 
you know, I, I had experiences with racism that were, were, that were, you know, difficult, but like, I feel like I didn't know what I was missing until later. I was wondering, um, do you speak Mandarin? Yeah. I feel like I speak at like a first grade level. So like I, so, uh, okay. I, so my parents, so I grew up with my parents and my grandparents too. And so my parents were immigrants and obviously my grandparents were as well. So I was the first generation born in the U S but I wasn't around like, like basically I, I, at home was the only place that I spoke it. So like, I, I feel like, so I speak it a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I honestly, I wish that I had more opportunity to, to like talk, to use it and practice it because I, like, I think when I was a kid, I was like, I, you know, I, I see like videos of myself and I'm like, man, that kid like knows Chinese, but like now I'm like, I can't even, yeah, I, I'm, I, I can make my way around. So like I used to go back to Taiwan, I used to go back to Taiwan a lot more, um, to visit family. I don't, I, unfortunately I don't have family there anymore, but, um, I used to go back and I can definitely like make my way around, but people can figure out pretty quickly that like I'm not yeah. from there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, language is really important to identity. Yeah. And like, yeah. And this is just my interpretation uh, of, you know, like your identity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people uh, that are in- immigrants in America, they say like, oh, you can still be attached to your culture even if, you know, you don't really understand the language. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I kind of disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that language is sort of, you know, expressing yourself um, within your identity, yeah. right? And you're connecting with people that uh, that are in your community, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Just to me, it's just very important. So on that note, do we want to wrap up uh, this yeah. episode? Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's been great having this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and all your insight and everything. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Like I said, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And as the winner of the draft, I'm going to conclude uh, this episode. Thank you guys uh, for listening to our second episode of the Face Face Podcast. Uh, check out our Instagram at, at F2F uh, Podcast. Uh, follow our account and you can look at some of our clips that we posted. And yeah, thank you, Mr. Chen, for coming. Uh, we really appreciate your time and it was a wonderful conversation. Yeah, I feel the same way. Thank you guys. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm.